You are listening to the Hoops Fix podcast, the official voice of the UK's largest basketball website. Visit hoopsfix.com for exclusive news, videos and more. Oh yes, I know you like that. The new Hoops Fix intro has just been delivered to us, as you can hear. Um, Give me some feedback, let me know what you think. Uh, Of course, this is episode 8 of the Hoops Fix podcast with me, Sam Neath, your host, full-time British basketball advocate. This week, uh, a lot of you know what's coming up as we released a little teaser on the website um, over the weekend. And uh, we managed to sit down with the Basketball England CEO, Hugh Morgan, last week on Friday uh, to talk about what has been going on within the organisation. He came into the post 10, 11 months ago and it's been very quiet. It doesn't seem like that much has been going on. But as you will find out in this, uh, actually a lot was going on. Obviously, the communication of that hasn't been great, uh, but hopefully that's all about to change, um, and this podcast is going to give you a little bit more information about what has been going on and what uh, are the plans for the future. It was really interesting. Uh, Hugh was very open and honest. Um, even went as far as to say, uh, I've been in the job 10 months now. People were more than justified to say what the heck has been he been doing, because it doesn't seem like a lot has been going on. Um, so I appreciated that. And it was a really good conversation and we'll give you a better idea of hopefully um, what is in store for the future of basketball in England over the coming months and years. Um, as always, I am contactable at sam at hoopsfix.com. Um, that is my email address. I reply to every single one. Please give me some feedback. Let me know what you think. We'll get into a little conversation. Um, also on Twitter at hoopsfix. At me, I reply. Um, Facebook, facebook.com forward slash hoopsfix. Um, and if you would be so kind as to leave us a rating in iTunes with a review, it will help the podcast spread even further, which is the whole goal of this. We want it to go wide and far and spread the word of British basketball, so that would be much appreciated. But yeah, hit me up. Um, I'm going to stop stop talking, and I will leave you to listen to episode 8 with Basketball England CEO Hugh Morgan. I'm honoured to be here with Hugh Morgan, CEO of Basketball England. Hugh, I just want to start off with just saying thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Um, It's a pleasure to join you, Sam. Can we start with, uh, you know, a year ago, well, 11 months ago when we first spoke, you said your priority is just to get a better idea of uh, of basketball as a whole in the country. Um, Can you talk about kind of what you've learned uh, and what your assessment of the situation is? Uh, Well, that's a Pretty wide-ranging uh, uh, question, Sam, but I'll, I'll, I'll do my best. Um, yes, I joined uh, sort of early November last year, so it's around about the 10 months mark now. Um, I think the, the biggest thing that I've learned, um, and whilst I did a little bit of research uh, prior to um, uh, taking up this post as chief executive of um, well, England Basketball, and it's now Basketball England, um, I was just staggered by the size of the game in this country. Um, I had a really idea how big it was in uh, North America and a pretty decent idea of how, how big it and how popular it was in, um, in Europe and other parts of the world. But I'd be staggered at how many people actually play this game um, in, uh, in the United Kingdom. And obviously we've been doing a fair amount of research um, throughout, throughout the, uh, the last 10 months and uh, nothing has dissuaded me that those impressions, those initial impressions in the first few months 
that um, the game is so is so big and so popular. And uh, probably the overriding then question is, why doesn't this game have any more exposure, both on television, uh, pay-per-view, digital, social? Why doesn't it have any more cut through with uh, sponsors and suppliers? That's uh, That's been the really interesting uh, question that's been uh, prevalent throughout the last 10 months. And have you come to any conclusions about what the answer is? Uh, yes, I can come to a few conclusions, I have to say. Um, uh, like in a nutshell, there's a huge opportunity for people who are involved in basketball in this, in, in this country to take advantage of the current uh, state of play. Um, we've got an opportunity to improve and work on quite a number of, of projects. Um, and it's, if it's from the national governing body's point of view, we need to, you know, basically improve our game in terms of administration and governance and development. We need to improve our relationship with the UK sports, the Sport England, the NBA based in this country, um, the FIBAs, the FIBA Europe's. We need to improve our relationship with our members. Um, we need to determine what our strategy is in terms of looking at our uh, broadcastable exposure. We need to improve our relationships with existing and potential um, sponsors and suppliers. There's a lot that needs to be done. Um, I think that the, the sport deserves a little bit better or perhaps a lot better, and you know, some people would comment that it deserves an awful lot better from the, the national governing body, but um, that's why it's such an opportunity, and that's why I feel that, you know, there's an opportunity here on a personal level to make a contribution. And so now, have you um, kind of got a, a sort of strategy laid out, like a kind of document or whatever it may be, with kind of what your plans um, are to, to move the game forward? I think... Uh, I wouldn't say that there's necessarily a document. There's a series of documents that are, have been prepared and shared with the uh, the board of directors at uh, Basketball England. Um, I think we have to be cognizant of the fact that our biggest, uh, single biggest investor into this sport is Sport England. And I would say that whilst it was very frustrating at the start of this year when they made their decision to reduce the funding, and specifically in the development area, reducing their funding towards basketball uh, from, from the national governing body's perspective, it was probably the right decision that they took. It took a little while to come to that understanding, but they basically said that we didn't understand our marketplace properly. And I think they were proper, probably right. So, whilst Sport England have increased their funding into basketball, mm. and they're using this, their words, mixed economy approach by uh, tailoring funds towards or targeting funds towards the BBL Foundation and um, Reach and Teach, more money is going into basketball. Um, it was, you know... A, a, a little bit of an indictment on the NGB that they didn't feel that their increased 
investment should come through the national governing body, which means that if they are our single biggest investor into this sport from a national governing body's point of view, we've got to sit up and listen to what they've got to say. And I'm very pleased to say that we've worked very closely with them this year in terms of a, a lot of insight work, a lot of research to try and find what it is that this sport needs and where our limitations are as a national governing body in our understanding of the sport. Now that research should be coming to an end in the early weeks of October next month. And once we've analysed that insight and research, and we'll be doing it in conjunction with Sport England, it may turn out that there's um, information there that says you actually need to do even more research. Mm. It may be that you need to do pilot schemes in these parts of the country. It may be that you need to do pilot schemes in these parts of the country, but target at the specific um, parts of the marketplace. Uh, it may be that you need to work harder on the educational transition from education, from secondary and tertiary education through to university and then uh, into the wider world because a lot of players do disappear from the sport after they've left education. So if, as part of the strategy, we've been trying to understand our marketplace better. We've been trying to build confidence of ourselves as an administration capable of looking after Sport England's investments better than has been in the past. And uh, if, if that's a major part of the strategy, then hopefully that answers your question, Sam. Yeah. How, how much better do you feel you understand the market now than, uh, than you did before you started doing the research? Has it been very insightful? It's been hugely insightful. Um, and, you know, there's, there's been a lot of good research that being done by my colleagues here at Basketball England. And again, you know, I don't know, I don't want to overstate, don't want to overstate this, but the reality is that we've got a much better working relationship with Sport England now. Um, they understand what needs to be done. Um, they, we don't go forward without their agreement and understanding of why why we're doing things. They, they're turning around and saying, "Look, we don't want to run the business for you," and that's quite right. But if it's public money that we're putting into this sport, you've got to be more accountable, more transparent, and we've got to understand why you are doing it. And um, and hopefully we 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 can we've we've got an understanding and uh, a model in which we're working now, whereby they have more um, confidence that we're using the investment monies and those incomes. Properly. Now, that's not to say that there weren't good bits previously. Mm -hmm. Work that was being done on the satellite clubs, for example, um, was and has been and continues to be very, very successful. Um, work, significant research has been done in terms of the facilities that are available to basketball players around England. Um, there's a lot of work being done on that. So, you know, it's not all doom and gloom in, 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 in the previous... Uh, iteration of Basketball England, but you know, there's a lot of good work that was being undertaken. They just need to know that how we're going to develop the game and how we're going to develop participation, because that's one of their major um, areas of, uh, uh, of, of interest. Um, that They know that whatever tools and programs that we're going to use are going to be done properly through and they're targeted in the right areas. 
So, yes, I do understand more about the infrastructure, the culture, the nature of the game, who plays it, why they play it, where they play it, how they play it, how often do they play it. I wouldn't say I'm an expert by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I've got a lot of lot more learning to do. Um, I want to learn more about the game itself, how the coaches coach. I'll probably enroll onto a coaching course before very long, and I'll probably do the same with refereeing um, courses um, to understand, you know, the complexities and uh, possibly frustrations that they, those people might be having. So. Um, I'm more informed than I was. A little information is probably dangerous where I come from, but I'm, um, I'm, uh, um, I've still got a long way to go. What's What's been the biggest result um, of the like the research that you've done? So obviously, the, the most obvious one that we've seen on the ground is the um, the survey that you did. Uh, what have been the takeaways from that that maybe um, the governing body wasn't aware of before? Well, I'm still analysing that, uh, that that research. That that research, Sam. I, th- I think probably one of the biggest things is that we have is that uh, um, it's it's the fall off, as I mentioned a little bit earlier. It's the drop off of uh, players after they leave uh, education. Um, that's probably one of the biggest uh, biggest areas of um, uh, knowledge that we've 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 gleaned. I think we knew that the facilities issue was was difficult, but you know, facilities in a sport such as basketball, having to pay for those facilities, where you you don't own your own facilities and become a little bit more self-determining. You know, rugby clubs, football clubs, cricket clubs, a lot of them have their own facilities, and they can organise their own training schedules, when they play, how they play, when do they play during the week, and you know they're a lot more flexible, and it's a lot more. It's a lot cheaper for them. It's a lot more economical for them. Whereas basketball has to hire, unless it's you know the free public courts uh, and invariably outdoors, and you're then you're weather dependent. You know the the facilities piece is is, is an important one for us to um, to understand uh, better and see whether we can work with the councils and and the sport Englands of this world to to improve that that element of access. I think one of the other things that um, I've learnt during this year and some of the research is coming out is that whilst there's an awful lot of enthusiastic coaching that's going on, I think we need to really have a good look at our coaching provisions, our coaching awards, our coaching accreditation and licensing um, and have a pretty, pretty fundamental review of, of how we go about encouraging more people to become good coaches and not necessarily coaching because it's all targeted towards the elite, but you know, coaching for fun, coaching just for participation. Perhaps it's just coaching basket, using bas- basketball as a as a vehicle for better health. Um, I think the coaching across the piece is uh, is very important. So it's those sort of things that are that are that are tumbling out of the out of the research and insight at the moment. Now, obviously, you 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 rebranded. Um... You know, can you talk about why why you decided to rebrand and what the process was for, for getting the rebrand done? And what the story is behind it? Um, the story is is that you know we want to we wanted to have a little bit of a we want to have a very much a fresh approach to to the story um, of of basketball England. Um, the the old, 
the previous design had um, served its purpose. As myself and others were concerned, we wanted to freshen things up. We also wanted to have uh, a reason to have a story for us to go out there into the marketplace and say, look, there's a new administration here now, there's a new board of directors, a very good mix of directors from the independent sector and elected members. They want to have something to be shouting about. Um, and coming from a very commercial background as I do, I didn't want to be totally uh, dependent in terms of our income on uh, Sport England and our membership. And licensing and merchandising can generate, if it's done properly, can generate reasonable amounts of income. And whilst we haven't started that yet, we're still, we're still in the early days of talking to some uh, licensees and merchandisers. Um, and they hopefully will, if the deal is structured correctly, that we can go out there and say, look, we can generate a little bit of income here, offer, offer more product that says Basketball England to the basketball marketplace, work with, with lots of clubs and entities that want to be engaged with basketball and it gives them uh, a new fresh reason to be uh, to be in, engaged with us really. Aside from the uh, the front end changes there also seems to be a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes that um, that we haven't seen or ha haven't heard a lot about. Uh, a lot of people seem to have left and there seems to be new staff brought on. Um, can you talk about the changes behind the scenes that have been going on in the office and uh, and the administration as a whole? Yes, I, 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 I can to an extent. I, I think this is one of the things that people will say, well, you know, there's a new chief executive there now and he's been there for 10 months. What the heck's he done? I think that's a fairly reasonable question. Uh, Jan Hagen, um, Basketball England's uh, chairman, put it very well at our recent AGM up here in Sheffield, um, where he said, when there is change going to be undertaken within an administration or an organisation, most of it in the early months is invisible. The public um, and your constituents don't necessarily see what's going on. And whilst it's not change for changes by any means, a lot of it will will not be noticeable by um, our members, for example, and our clubs. A lot of it is taking place in Sheffield. There's a restructuring right across the board, and that's extended from having to make necessary and unfortunate changes that were um, placed on us by the reduction in funding, so that a certain number of staff have had to be made redundant uh, because of the cut in funding. We're moving offices, actually, this weekend, across to much more fit-for-purpose offices at the English Institute of Sport in, uh, in Sheffield, not far from where we're currently based, where um, we've rebranded, We've taken new members of staff who are more defined in uh, in their roles in terms of whether they're working on the performance side, on our uh, um, club development side. You know, we're very keen on making sure that our clubs are supported far better than they have been in the past. Um, we've been redefining how we look after the staff over here in terms of the. Um, the human resources, 
support element. We've really been looking at our finances, looking at the way that we actually operate. Our articles of, of association have recently been updated and amended. Our relationships with the British Basketball Federation have, be have become much, much clearer. Um, and all of these have been necessary because that's what I've been tasked with by the board to take a really good fundamental view of how we've been how we've been operating as an, as an, as an organization and if you do get a, a little bit of a kick from a sport England to say look you know we're not really sure that you're capable of doing all of this and that's why they reduced their, fund, their funding in in various areas that's why sport England have said you're not really good enough at the moment to be this is back in January now that you, to, you know to be funded on a four yearly basis like some other national governing bodies, because you're not necessarily good enough, you're not organized enough. And that's what we've been trying to do, to try and improve that culture and improve that um, recognition and try and develop some element of respect uh, within, our, um, in our, within our industry over this last 10 months. What has the, the feedback <coughs> been from Sport England so far? Um, are they pleased with everything that you're doing and do you think that the funding uh, from them will come back soon or be increased? The, gl the glib answer is, uh, I know, so you better ask them for that. <laughs> um, but, they, you know, the truthful answer, look, we, we've tried to engage them much more consistently and much more regularly than we have in the past. Um, and just to get them to be much more comfortable with what we are trying to do and what needs to be done. So they've given their advice uh, in certain areas, and they say, well, look, you know, we believe that you need to research this this area, A, B, C, X, Y, Z. And, you know, we don't just, you know, doff our cap and say, yes, sir, no, sir, three bags full, sir. You know, we do have rigorous debates with them and challenge them on their uh, perceptions of what needs to be done and what. And a lot of it we've agreed with because you have to remember you know, they deal with the majority of sports in this country so they know what does work and doesn't work whether you're an individual sport or a team sport what works in certain parts of the country that may not and they've offered an awful lot of advice on that in that respect so you know a lot of this comes down to the working relationship and I would hope that you know, when we come to our funding review in December of this year, and then it follows on that the Executive Board of Sport England makes their decisions in the following January, that we have a better understanding that, or a clearer picture that they, that they understand what we've tried to do. It won't be for the want of hard work between both organisations to try and improve the structure and the investment coming into basketball. But, you know, Sam, I didn't mention this at the at the start. You know, Sport England have already put more money into basketball uh, this year than they have previously. It's just that it was uh, on this mixed economy approach um, and they've decided to go down that route uh, with in basketball. Might be extending it to the other sports as well. But, you know, it's not that they've given up on basketball by any means and they haven't given up on the national governing body, but they've... You know, use this economy approach to give funds to the BBL Foundation and, um, and reach and teach as well. Mm. 
Have you, um, you know, you said that, well, you're, you're obviously bought in for your commercial expertise and stuff, and have you, are you at a point yet where you've started approaching potential um, commercial partners, um, or is that still, is it still too early, are you still in the research phase? Um, okay, we, we've, um, we've looked at uh, uh, a number of things, but, you know, before you, before you can go out and encourage partners to come on board, partners, and I mean that by sponsors or suppliers and such like, you know, you've got to understand what you've got to, what you've got to offer them. Now, mainline sponsors and, and the big sponsorship revenues are driven by eyeballs. You know, the more you can prove that you've got activity that is on, that is broadcastable, it's broadcastable digitally or on pay-per-view or mainstream free-to-air television, the more sponsors you're going to attract. And we don't have that at the moment um, because, you know, our national league, you know, we don't broadcast our national leagues as, and, and such like that. So sponsors and commercial partners, they will have to have a reason for coming on board, whether it's um, they want to be involved more on, a, on an educational um, program or a satellite club program, or whether they just want to sponsor the referees, or they want to sponsor coaches. Um, we're a little bit away from that at the moment. We're obviously uh, at the start of a new arrangement with with, with Spalding, um, and that was born out of wanting to have a better and closer relationship with the NBA in this country, um, and that has now extended, actually, we've got a closer relationship with the NBA in, in America. Um, we're in direct contact with them, and they call us up uh, every now and again with one or two new initiatives, which we'll hopefully be announcing in the next uh, in the next few weeks, uh, which will be a first for Basketball England, and I'm really excited about that. Um, we might even be able to give you an exclusive, Sam. You never... <laughs> I look um, forward to it. <laughs> but uh, we're very excited about that. Um, but it's more of a suppliership relationship that we've been targeting at the moment. And one of the things that I've wanted to do is to try and offer more reasons for our members to become members directly of Basketball England um, and then to retain those members. So, you know, we can offer the insurances, but we're trying to go through a whole uh, run of companies who can offer services to our members at discount rates. Now, what that might be hotel accommodation, it might be car hire, it might be sporting goods, sporting um, equipment, things that are going to benefit our, our members in the first instance. Um, uh, you know, it might be restaurant, it might be generating discounts at cinemas and eyewear and gum shields and all those sorts of things. Things that may not be appropriate for all our members, but at least we're, what we're trying to do is find more ways of people to become members of of England uh, basketball England for them to re be wanting to renew their membership on an annual basis because the churn rate has been very very high over the years uh, and we've got to slow that down and um, you know give them something that a membership of an, of an organization that they they can be proud of and get benefits from so that's where probably where we've been targeting more than going out and getting sponsors as such in the first instance yeah, it makes sense. It's almost like making it a no-brainer. You're providing them so much value that they've got no choice but to, but to join up and become a member. You know. 
Yes, I don't. I sort of, you know, I want, I want to beat them over the head with benefits. We've, <laughs> we've, got, we've got a long way to go on that on that front yet, but um, you know, that's uh, we've 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 started the process. So, uh, a couple of other things I want to speak about because I'm aware we've got about ten fifteen minutes left. Um, the BBL. What's been your? Uh, you know, have you have you? Ha- I assume you've had conversations with the BBL. Um, you know, are basketball England going to be a little bit more involved with uh, trying to help raise the level of the professional game here? Um, kind of where where is your stance on it? Well, the BBL is our flagship. You know, they are the best players in the country. Um, they have uh, the top quality players. They have the top quality games. They play in probably the best venues, um, and we do have. Uh, regular meetings with with the BBL. Um, we've recently come to an agreement with them with regards to trying to improve the playing standards and the and the exposure and the administration of the with, with the uh, introduction of this women's BBL. Um, and we're looking forward to sort of analysing that over this coming season to see how that develops. Um, we work closely with them through the Sport England uh, relationship now because we don't want to do, be doing things in isolation in terms of, well, Sport England, you go off and do your little thing with Reach and Teach and you go off and do your little thing with the BBL Foundation and the Basketball England. We're trying to do as, do as much together as we possibly can. Um, there's You obviously saw the APPG report, which um, the BBL had a uh, at, a, at a fair involvement in. Um, I think the communication channels are a lot better now and we have a better understanding of what we're trying to do. We're only interested in seeing as strong a BBL as we possibly can. Um, and anything that we can do to support that, then you know, obviously we'll do, but we, we're in much more regular communication with them now than, than was, uh, I understand was the, the previous case. Could the same be said for um, England basketball's relationship with British Basketball as a federation? Um, I would say there's even been even more communication with the British Basketball Federation. As, as you probably know, each home nation has two representatives on, um, on the British Basketball Federation board. I'm one of them. Um, I think there's a better... You know, it's obviously disappointing that UK sport... Uh, with their funding, but their criteria were very clear at the time of the that the award was made. So it shouldn't have been too much of a surprise that if you know if, if teams or individuals are uncredible prospects, that funding will be will be withdrawn. Um, and you know there is a a much clearer, um, much clearer and more transparent relationship now between the BPB and the BBF and the home, home nations who are represented on the BBF in terms of what is happening, how we're going to go forward, what needs to be um, improved and redeveloped and realigned. And then hopefully, when it is appropriate, we can go back to UK sport and say, look, you know, we've taken on board what, you, what you've said. We think that we've got a coherent plan going forward um, and will you please uh, engage with us? Because we feel that you know basketball's a, a, a good bet. Disappointing that the GB men didn't qualify this year, um, but you know, good, really good news, and congratulations to the ladies.
So with hmm. with uh, with British basketball, staying on that topic, is um is it still the intention for all of the England national teams to be competing as Great Britain from two thousand sixteen, or is that up in the air now? No, that's. That, that's 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 the target. Um, you know, the, the main issue is uh, is is the funding. Uh, is the funding Sam. You know, if if we've got uh, if we've got the revenues to um, to compete as GB, then we will. Um, but there's a, there's, a li- there's a little bit of a way to go on that front uh, at the moment. Do you think there is a chance that we could see the end of British basketball as an organisation within the next twelve months? No. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't see that. I think there's too much, too much um, uh, ambition and desire to make sure that um, it continues and hopefully continues in a much better uh, and stronger uh, manner than it uh, than it has has before. I think communication has been a little bit of a problem. Transparency has been a little bit of a problem, uh, but I think the all all parties are working much. More coherently and consistently, consistently better uh, with, with with each other now, and um, you know there there will there will be a plan that is that is much more coherent and thought through to put to the likes of UK sport. Um, no, the, the fact that any any talk of it dying away is, um, as far as I'm concerned, is is misplaced. Could we see the home body, uh, the home federations, ending up uh, putting in uh, money from their own funding pots to to keep British basketball alive? Uh, there's a possibility of that. Um, that would need to be very, very carefully through uh, thought thought through, um, and it would need to be um, proportionate between the individual home home nations. Um, I would like to think that we would have political and government support um, through the the agreement and the acceptance of a coherent plan for GB basketball. You know, we're not the wealthiest of you of, of organisations, but we've got to we've got to prove our worth to the likes of UK sport. So um, that's the, that's that's probably more where our efforts are being um, targeted at the moment. Seems like a, a lot of your focus going forward is going to be on the participation side of things. Um, what about the the elite end of the spectrum, the sort of the development pathways for the younger players, um, the national teams? Kind of what's been your assessment of that, and where do you see it uh, moving to going forward? Well, one of the main things I think is that uh, with regards to our, you know, we, we we will be focusing more on our clubs in the future, and participation and. Elite develop don't necessarily go hand in hand. Just because you get more more players playing doesn't necessarily mean that your elite get better and better. You might have a bigger pool to choose from, but um, you know we, we're, we're going to be looking. Part part of the research is is telling us is that if you try and work with individual clubs to provide a platform for people to play just because they want to play rather than clubs just being clubs because they want to compete. Um, they're two different things. Um, and we want to try and reevaluate that and try and get a balance between clubs being, you know, areas of participation for all people, all standards, all ages, all genders, 
as opposed to just being a club where I'm only concerned about picking the best best players because I'm playing in the national leagues or or the cup competition, and that's a that, that's a balance. And if some some clubs want to be purely there for elite competition, that's absolutely fine. But we would like to really have a good look at that uh, that sort of cultural uh, change in the in the future. Um, and I'm happy that we've got the right structure internally here at Basketball England now to really look at how we develop the best youngsters uh, in the country and developing a proper pathway from the top players in what there was there's still in education through to you know the, the under 18s and, and beyond uh, I just think that it's part of this invisible work that's been going on during this last 10 months putting the structures and the foundations in place to allow us to really understand what's what's needed to um, really push this game forward and I think that we're getting to the end of that first process now there's been talk previously, and obviously we've got one regional institute of basketball in East London. Um, do you think that's a model where it could work in terms of you have set regional regional institutes, which are where all the best kids go, and then the other clubs are kind of your participation-based thing? Do you think that's something that we could see? Well, look, we're happy to consider consider everything. You know, there are there's a lot of uh, ambition to 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 really push forward the regional institutes. Well, we, what our job is here as the, as the national governing body is to make, make make sure that you know there's, there's there's a good balance that nobody gets excluded, but everybody gets the same same opportunities. Um, and regional institutes may be part of 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 that process. We're not going to close our eyes to any initiatives um, that are put forward to genuinely try and improve both the participation quality of the participation and the opportunities to be, become better basketball players that could then challenge on a national and international level. We're not going to close our eyes to anything uh, that, that will push that forward for us. So, so yes, the regional institute model is something that we are actively discussing to try and see how we can, um, how we can uh, work with it, to be honest. Have you had much interaction with... Uh the, the the British basketball community, you know, the, its members and everything else, and if so, how how have you found them? Well, everybody's been very welcoming. I haven't been out and about as much as I would have liked, to be perfectly honest. Um, that's largely because of the work that's been undertaken in the last 10 months, um, both structurally here and operationally here in Sheffield, and also... You know, there's been a fair bit of travelling up and down to London to try and meet with the likes of the Sport England because that's been absolutely necessary because they are our biggest biggest uh, investor and, and the various agencies in, in, in London. Um, I would hope that um, I would be out and about much more this coming season if only to, um, you know, to learn a little bit more about the game. I can spin the ball on my one finger now much better than I did 10 months ago. <laughs> um... 
just briefly uh, before we wrap up, um, you mentioned London there quickly, and you know we, when we spoke originally, you did say you know London is a is a massive priority, and you realised uh, how important it is commercially and everything else. You decided to stay in Sheffield. Um, what's the plan for London uh, moving forward? Are you in London a lot? Uh, have you got other members of staff based in London? Are there going to be offices in London, or is that you just all focusing on Sheffield now? No, she- she- Sheffield is our base. It's in the centre of the country. We're going into fantastic new offices. I- we urge anybody to come up and we would welcome anybody coming up to have a, uh, have a, have a visit. It's a fantastic uh, venue, the English Institute of Sport. We've got, they've helped us massively with investing uh, in, in the refurbishment of a very large suite of offices within the building. It's a superb venue. We've got good staff up here. This is where they, they operate from. Uh, and Sheffield is as good a place as anybody, as anywhere to have a, a national governing body based. Um, London is important, um, and you know, but it's only a couple of hours away on the train, um, so it's very, very accessible. Um, but she- Sheffield is our home. There's some great facilities up here. Um, but you know, when 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 necessary, we have our meetings in in London as we do around the country. Um, London is strategically very, very important, as we all know. Um, but there are no plans to open any sort of offices for basketball England at the moment because our, our home is in Sheffield. So final question. What uh, can we all look forward to uh, or expect to see in the next 12 months from you and Basketball England? Well, a lot, a lot of that will come out of the um, the research that's, uh, that, we, as I said, is coming to completion in uh, early part of October. Um, I'd like to think that you'll see our brand out there a little bit more. I'd like to think that we will put um, a few more commercial partners um, uh, on our roster. Um, but I'd like I'd like to think that our um, our administration and our governance um, begins to impart. Um, more understanding of what we're trying to do as the as the national governing body. I'm not. I'm, I've never been a fan of promoting the national governing body because we're not the stars. The clubs and the players and the participants are the stars, and all we're interested in is to try and make their engagement and the playing of the game, however they want to do it, better than what it was the previous year. And then next year, I'll be saying the same thing. I just want to make it better than the. Than, than it was this year. Um, we've got to build, keep on building our good relationships with major entities in basketball, FIBA, FIBA Europe, Sport England, the NBA, um, and such like, closer working relationships with the BBL. You know, we just want to be as good a governing body as we possibly can be. But you don't do that in five minutes. Um, and it's going to take, uh, take a little while, but there's a great and terrific amount of support from our board and there's a terrific amount of uh, ambition amongst my colleagues here in Sheffield so bigger and better um, but better being the watchword I think Perfect, perfect place to wrap up thank you so much Hugh for taking the time hopefully uh, we can catch up again at some point in the next few months uh, for a part two Sam, always good to talk to you Speak to you soon Take care Alright, you too, bye You are listening to the Hoops Fix podcast, the official voice of the UK's largest basketball website. Visit hoopsfix.com for exclusive news, videos and more.